For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, welcome back. 32 fans in 32 days. I'm Akeem Wieneker. Alex was supposed to be here. He showed up and then he had like someone walked to his office. He had a meeting. So I think it's just going to be me and our guest and the Dirty Birds themselves. They, do people still call them the Dirty Birds? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I think Dirty Birds may have kind of run its course a little bit. But, you know, it's still enough if you're a true legacy fan. If you still, What do you think Jamal Anderson is doing these days? I'm not sure. I know his dad was like a bodyguard or something. Maybe he's doing that. I don't want to say the, you know, the other things that I read in the news over the years. I'll oh, he's not a great guy, Jamal Anderson. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, didn't I don't know. know. Yeah, I don't know for sure. But I think he may have moved back to wherever he was from. I, I don't think he's around much anymore. All right. How many years have you been doing the Falcons pod, Harry? Uh, this is probably, I don't know, like, before the pandemic, so I don't know. This is probably my third or fourth one. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, thrilled to have you here. Let's talk about a team that is in sort of an interesting place. We were talking, uh, we were doing coach rankings, and we were sort of down on Arthur Smith. What's the state of the franchise right now, and what's the state of the Arthur Smith discourse? Is he, I know we say this a lot, but is he coaching for his job? I don't think he's coaching for his job. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they gave... Dan Quinn a couple extra years you know I I think I think there's some optimism I think now that he's kind of got his kind of his players that fit his grinding style that he likes maybe uh you know I think maybe that you know next year I think if things don't turn around you know 2022 is kind of a toss out just you know they were you know they were moving on from that from uh Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, they were, you know, I think like 40 some percent of their salary cap last year was dead cap. So they were lucky to have 52 people. So I think this year is a year that they need to start showing some improvement and, you know, iterate from that. And hopefully, uh, you know, things will work out. But I think Arthur Smith is probably definitely safe this year. Next year, there may be some discussion. I'll say this, Harry. So they go seven and 10 in his first year. 7-10 Seven and ten last year, you're saying is a wash. I don't know. I know there's a 17 game schedule now. I don't know of any coach ever, or at least in like the last 30 years, that has lo- that their first three seasons has lost a double digit amount of games, and has kept his job for year four. I'm not well, we'll sure. Never, we'll never know because the Falcons are going to win more than you know aren't going to have double digit losses this year. Well, right? that's no, totally fair. No, but we're saying worst case scenario. You know, like if they go seven and ten, you're saying he wouldn't get fired. I'm I'm really doubting that. I it would it would shock me. Um yes, seven and ten would definitely be a disappointment. Because if you can go seven and ten last year with with the cobbled together, you know, band-aids and stuff last year, and they had a harder schedule last year. This year they have like the second easiest schedule. 
Yeah, the so, schedule is really remarkable. We'll get to that. It's really the the talk of every AFC uh, NFC South podcast. I wanted to ask you to guess. I don't know if you know when this is coming out. Um, this the Falcons. Alex and I ranked them. I was slightly higher on them than he was. Uh, in a weird sort of mathematical anomaly. Uh, their their average ranking ends up being lower than both of our rankings, just because neither was of us was, um, you know, I guess as high on them as other teams. But where would you think the Falcons are showing up in our power rankings? I think I would say a good place for them would be uh, like twenty. 21. Yeah, it's not a bad guess. I had them at twenty one. Alex had them at twenty three. Somehow that ends up averaging out to twenty four because a couple of the teams. Um, I guess everyone below new, them had had uh, you know sort of a high and a low. It's a new Common Core math, maybe. Yeah. So, um, but twenty four. But listen, the, of of all the teams in our bottom thirteen, they're the only one that has a uh, uh, projected win total above seven and a half games. Their projected win total is eight and a half. Now that doesn't mean that they're good. Like you said, that also means that they have a very easy schedule, which we'll get to. Um, but you know, there is some reason for optimism if this is a team that's projected to go 500 and someone has to win that division, right? Yeah. That's the, that's the catch. Someone has to win. I mean, I have a feeling because of the, you know, well, you say you're talking about later, but you know, the way that the that things line up, I think that, uh, I don't know that the division winner will have a below 500 record. I think he'll definitely take at least nine wins to win the division. Yeah, no, I don't think so either because I don't think any of these teams are, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think the winner of the NFC South will be an eight and nine team. I, I would agree with that. None of these teams are good, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a couple of competent teams. So the all right. So let's talk Desmond Ritter. What have you seen from him in camp? What did you see in his brief appearances last year? Any any reason for optimism? What's the state of the Falcons QB position? Definitely, Desmond Ritter is definitely the uh, the linchpin for how the season will go. I think. I mean. He's he's seems like a serviceable quarterback. I mean, you know, if you look at who Arthur Smith had in Tennessee with Tannehill, he wasn't anything great, but he was serviceable. And I think, you know, with the Falcons, especially with their draft, you know, they're going to be focusing on the run. I think the passing game is a kind of a definitely second tier compared to what they're expected to do running, but you still have to be able to pass to, to be able to open up some running opportunity so i mean he looked he looked okay in the couple games he had last year and i'm not sure when this is coming out but the falcons haven't played a preseason game yet they play miami tonight so that'll be interesting to see how much he plays and you know how things kind of look i mean i from the reports i've seen from practice down there practicing with miami they said it was kind of a it seemed like it was kind of evenly matched, which should make Falcons fans optimistic and should scare the crap out of Dolphins fans. No, I thought it's funny because true. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen more like back and forth on Twitter about the the Dolphins Falcons practice. I thought like all the Dolphins Twitter was like, oh, the Falcons were embarrassed. The Dolphins like crushed them in every facet. Uh, so it's interesting you're saying that like another side of, of the coin. Yeah, I mean, everyone saw that play with Tyree Kill where he slammed on yes. the brakes. And I think the Falcons guy is still running in the parking lot. But yeah. And I mean, we, have, we have Alex joining us. Alex, we were just talking. Uh, so far, I'll catch you up. 
Uh, yeah. Harry said that Arthur Smith not coaching for his job. He's seven and ten his mm-hmm. first two years, but uh, he doesn't think this is a make or break year for for Smith. Um, but but also he's pretty. It sounds like he's confident that they wouldn't. They're not going to. Yeah, listen, the listeners all heard this. You don't have to repeat everything. I feel. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I had a guy was supposed to be here at nine. Showed up at ten thirty. Right as we're starting. Um, can I can I just yell at both of you for two different reasons? Sure. I mean, I don't yeah, know what Harry yell, did, but usually I'm going yeah, to yell, yell at you first, Akiva. Um, you know, so we're each responsible for 16 of these bad boys. And yes. I go out of my way to schedule them at times that work for you, which mm-hmm. is, you know, early afternoon Eastern, even though my preferred time is late at night, my time mm-hmm. and most of our guests prefer the night. You went ahead and scheduled a lot of these without even consulting with me, which means I missed like the Giants episode, which means I didn't get to give my hot takes that'll piss off Boston Adam. And uh-huh. I'm glad I'm here because and now I'm going to yell at Harry like once a year, there's a team that I that I get really mad at and I yell at the other uh, okay. guest. And okay. this year it's the Falcons. All oh, right, you're Harry? gonna get you're gonna ma- get mad at him. Okay. Well, I'm not mad at Harry personally, but I, I'm just I'm disgusted with the Falcons as a team, and I'll tell you why. Okay. They had they had all the cap space in the world, right? I think second mm-hmm. only to Chicago, who's pot mm-hmm. committed to Justin Fields, and they had like three massive massive holes: quarterback, wide receiver, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. edge rusher. They could have made like an offer to Lamar Jackson that would have made the Ravens very tough to match. Instead, mm-hmm. they went out. You know, there was the whole collusion that um er, that um Ursay uh, accidentally uh, leaked, said the quiet part aloud, and and the Falcons said, "No, no, we're not interested in him." Reinvesting in Desmond Ritter, like a third round quarterback, uh, and Tyler Heineke is the backup. Probably not a great idea. Um, and so that was just very disappointing to me. But then their receivers, it's like it's Drake London and 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 nobody else. They did. I mean, Matt Collins and Scotty Miller. These are not startable receivers. That was embarrassing. And then edge rusher, like. This was a team in 2021. They had 18 sacks as a team, which seems almost impossible. I think no mm-hmm. team had other than like less than 30 that year, except for them. Last year, they jumped from 18 all the way up to 21. And it's not like they're getting to the quarterback at all and just not getting sacks. Dead last in pressure rate each of the last two years. And and and, and the response to all of this is, you know who we're going to take with the number eight overall pick? A third string running back. Like, what are you doing? You More than any team in the league, the Falcons have proven that their outside zone heavy scheme works no matter who the running back is, Tyler Algiers was a fifth round nobody last year and was one of the best running backs in football. You also have Cordell Patterson. Bijan is literally third on the death chart right now, and it's just insane. Like you could have taken. Is that true? Bijan is behind Cordero and well, Algiers. I, I think I think he's the the initial one that was published. He's yeah, that's the one third, that there's, 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 yeah, but that's pretty common, yeah, Alex, for a rookie to be sure. Listed but at third. but but the point is that of ever like if you were to rank the teams in the league from one to thirty two, who should take a running back in the first round? Obviously, the answer is nobody. But number one, the, who should least take it is the Falcons because. They they have these massive holes at these really high value positions and they have good running backs more. So they have a scheme that proves that it doesn't matter who your running back is. And it's just, it's insane to me. Like they could have taken one of the receivers. They could have taken Lucas Van Ness or maybe Will McDonald, who your team got as, as a pass rusher. And it's like, and instead they sign like these like retreats, like Bud Dupree, like, oh yeah, he had 11 sacks for the Foul Steelers four years ago. Right. And then he went to yeah, Tennessee. Yeah. Nothing. Their whole front seven is, is like uh an old age home, right? Calais Campbell. They got on Yamada, great Jarrett, pretty good players, but everyone is, this is those are players that like a team like the Eagles or the Bills should be signing team that's win now, not a team that's not winning now. Right. Well, 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 well to be fair, they're say, so bad that they can win it with eight wins and they and they quite likely. Oh, uh, well, we already covered that. Uh, yeah, uh, I, Harry has know, said that we're not going to have a losing record in the NFC South winning the division. I will say Arthur Smith, his offense does run a lot better when he has someone like Derrick Henry back there. So I don't, I don't know that you can just plug anybody in. But well, they, 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 they were the second best rushing team in the NFL last year. So yes. With Tyler Algiers. So, yeah. So, sorry yeah. for yelling at you, Harry. But um, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I think the I, division is so wide open. And and just to see a team invest in all, like, even Jesse Bates, who is a stud, there's no question. But, like, he was, he's a safety. And, like, he's great against, the, like, he's great against the run. Like, that is not the most valuable 
way to invest your money. And it's just, they did it on offense and on defense. Like all like the, the low value positions is where they're investing. And they're just, you know, they're running back in safety and they're just leaving receiver edge rusher quarterback. Like they're ignoring those positions. And it's just, you know, it's well, first I'll say you, you trigger me a little bit by, by calling my, my BYU Cougar Tyler Algiers and nobody. Well, I'm saying he, he was a fifth round draft pick. Yeah. Yes. He was. But, but he was, he was awesome last year. Well, the, so I agree that they can't, they haven't, they weren't able to get to the quarterback last year, but I think when you're, when the receivers are running free and you, you only have to throw it after two seconds, that then you, uh, even if you had an edge rusher, you couldn't get there in time. But I do think, you know, they did have some, they did do some retreading and stuff, but they basically had so many holes. I don't think they could afford to fill them with, you know, spend all of their cap space on just one or two really high dollar people. They need, they had so many things they needed to get plugged in, but I, you know, I think they kind of, you know, you mentioned Bates, he'll help the secondary, he'll buy the D line some more time. You know, they, they took a flyer kind of on a, you know, Odeco is kind of a throwaway, you know, kind of a top five pick that's kind of, you know, gone off the rails a little bit. So if he can turn it around, you know, a lot of ifs, but, you know, I think, you know, Drake London is the only, basically the only wide receiver that's that's worth anything for the Falcons currently. But, you know, you have Kyle Pitts coming back. You have, uh, you know, basically Patterson, who can be a wide receiver or, a, you know, kind of a hybrid wide receiver slash running back. Robin, you know, Bijan Robinson was kind of a interesting take that high up. And, um, but he's also a good pass catcher too. So I think you'll see a lot of running backs with as many or more receptions in the wide receivers this year. By the way, Where I don't know. We ranked Desmond Ritter, Alex. Did we have a no. dead last? We haven't done that yet. Remember? Oh, we haven't. Oh yeah. We haven't recorded it, but I, I have a feeling that Ritter is going to be very near the bottom of our Q rings. Do you yeah. think, I mean, do, until do he th- does something to prove mm-hmm. everybody wrong, you know, that's where he kind of belongs until he, you know, until he shows if he can do anything. You th- Assuming he stayed healthy, you think he'd play all 17 games? He's not going to be challenged by Heineke at all? Well, if he is, that's um, bad. That means he sucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Heineke is what a career 500 starter, which, you know, could be worse, but yeah, I mean, he's kind of a journeyman to get. So, I mean, yeah, I know Ritter I think, I think runs. Part of the Ritter. problem is you guys have enough talent, and again, the division is bad enough that you're not. Even if Ritter, you know, the track record of, of third round quarterbacks is not great, but he, so even if it turns out he's not good, you're not going to be able to get a top five pick next year. You're not going to be near the top of the draft, almost certainly. Um, right? The the floor is probably six or seven wins at the worst, and so if Ritter's not the answer, you're sort of stuck again next year. And Lamar, yeah, to me, was just like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Well, no, they could be really bad. I mean, if Ritter's terrible, this team could be could be terrible. I mean, their quarterbacks were pretty terrible last year, and they won seven games. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear what the story is about, you know, the whole offseason quarterback thing, because I, I don't think I don't think he would have been as, as available. I'm, even the Falcons made an offer, I think the Ravens were just waiting. They were just going to match yeah, it. Yeah, you're probably right. There, so. You're probably right, but at least, you know, try. I want to ask you right, a question. Though. I, so I I uh, did my my Falcons deep dive for my NFL 500, and the rosters uh is okay. They it's it's a little bit stars and scrubsy. I have a lot of players that I would you know sort of call above average, and and uh only two starters I had average was I think going to be the lowest in the whole NFL. Uh, who's the, who do you think is the best player on this team? The best player. Oh, that's a 
That is a that's a good question. The best single player, um, I'd say, if he's hundred percent, you know, offensively, Kyle Pitts is probably the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. Going by yeah. offense, I thought you'd say that. I mean, yeah, I happen to have Lidstrom the guard. I know he's not. That's not so exciting guard ahead of him and AJ Terrell, but. Yeah, that's not crazy, but I mean, the, then the question is like, how good is Kyle Pitts, right? Yeah, I mean, he he was, you know, he was good with Matt Ryan thrown to him. So we'll see how, you know, how he how he does with Desmond Ritter, hopefully thrown to him and not, you know, running around too much. I mean, last year, you know, Marcus Mariota couldn't find him at all last year, and then he got hurt. So last year was kind of just a weird. Yeah, he plays ten games. And remember the first that he was the first thousand yard uh, rookie tight end ever, right? Or since Ditka, did Ditka do it? Since Ditka, since Ditka, since yeah. Ditka, so the second one, nineteen sixty-two or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he plays. Uh, yes, he was hurt, but he still played ten games. Only caught twenty-eight passes for three hundred fifty-six yards. Was thrown fifty-nine passes, so he only caught you know well less, well under half of of the balls thrown to him. Now, obviously, a lot of that is is Mariota, but a real step backwards last year. Yeah, some of those passes thrown, you know. I guess technically is probably the closest person to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. <sighs> Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Did you guys talk about quarterback? No, we didn't Are talk we about Mario and quarterback. Yeah, let's talk about oh, it. Oh, did, last Harry, year's quarterback. Did, no, no. Did you watch the show, the Netflix show? I did not. Oh, okay. Because, uh, but because you, you know, your quarterback is one of the three uh, featured. It was it was Mahomes, Cousins, and Mariota, and. You know, my, my sort of big shock is I I remembered obviously Mariota getting benched and then leaving the team and all, but I didn't remember sort of all the drama involved there, which you know they really highlight on the show. But it's it's kind of crazy the timing. Like he has a baby, loses the job that day, and then just completely ghosts the franchise. And it, it was it was this like a huge story in Atlanta at the time that it was happening? Because it seems the the documentary seems to present it as if it is but i i don't remember it from last december it's a pretty it's a pretty big story but you know after calvin ridley did it the year before and kind of got used <laughs> yeah. kind of get used to it <laughs> yeah but i mean i i think i think if he had been you know i think a lot of people were thinking that that um ritter should have already gotten a chance before then so i think when he did you know kind of you know when they finally did pull the trigger and bench him and they put in ritter i think a lot of people were just optimistic to see what Ritter could do and they weren't really as torn up about Mariota just kind of taking off. That's my take anyway, but mm -hmm. I I came in here at like a hundred miles an hour yelling and screaming, Harry's so calm and I know, yeah, he's not he's unflappable. He's not gonna be be a therapist by you. I'm a I'm a Falcons fan. I have to be you know, I have to be prepared for anything. So you never wait, Harry, what was your emotional reaction during twenty eight to three? You couldn't have been this calm then. I mean I was not. Yeah, okay. My boss at the time was a huge Patriots fan. I was so, not. yeah, my, my boss at the time was a huge Patriots fan. So there's a lot of texting going back and forth mm. during that game. And then it just, then it just turned. Oh, turned no. Bad. Were, were you glowing? Did you go to work the, the next game? day? Yeah. You I went did. to work the next day? Yeah. I, I, had, a fr- I had a friend in high school. 
um, who, when the Knicks lost to the Pacers, uh, did not come to work, not did not come to school that whole week. Nice. Yeah, I, I don't. But, but he and he didn't even have a boss. who was a Pacers fan, probably. I mean, he probably didn't yeah, have man. any boss. He was an eighth grader. Yeah. Well, I, I had no choice but to go to work. I don't have like a vehicle, like a podcast to go out and do like a, I can't do like a Saints Vikings playoff yeah. emergency Pump, podcast. Yeah. P- pumping out the millions of dollars we are doing here. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> to let off some steam. Yeah. I mean, I think the day after the Super Bowl should probably be a, a federal holiday anyway. But um, ironically, yeah. we so, get off the day after the Super Bowl in my work because we have to stay up all night watching it. Yeah. <laughs> so for you, it is. Yeah. But it is. It's the day off. Yeah. Yeah, these days it's will be a it's definitely a work from home day now. What is um, what is Harry? What's your feeling of Ryan Nielsen, the new defensive coordinator? Um, I don't really have a take on him yet. I mean, it'll be it'll, he's got like basically a new roster, but then again, he's yeah. he's new to the job, so I don't I'm not really that up on what his style is and you know that kind of thing. You know, I know they had the can't remember his name now. The the guy that came kind of came in with Arthur Smith for the two years, the kind of the old guy that was that was kind of running it. It's really incredible the amount of turnover from one year to the next, especially on the defensive side. I mean, like in the secondary alone, six guys left. It's um right. Well, I think this, um, is a, this is a whole new team, well, especially defense. Yeah, yeah. Well, AJ, AJ five, Terrell five, and Richard Grant are the only guys who are back. I think five of the secondary. five of the six guys should have left for the XFL. <laughs> but to be fair, yeah. It's not like they were highly sought after free agents that decided to leave. Yeah. Jeff Okuda, who obviously has been a disappointment, um, as have most cornerbacks taken in the top five um, historically. Not, not um, the one we took, but yeah. Yeah, not the one, not, not your guy, obviously, not Sauce. But um, so he's getting another chance. So is he, is he going to start opposite Terrell? Is that the plan? I think, yeah, currently that's the plan. I mean, hope, and hopefully he's kind of, you know, a new, a new, uh, new city, new team. You can kind of get a fresh start, I guess, and kind of maybe get over the, you know, the disappointment that he was for Detroit. Uh, so I missed earlier in the podcast, apparently, when you said you don't think under five hundred will win this division. Who else in this division are you afraid of? The only other real team is the Saints, really. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I think the Falcons will definitely sweep the Panthers and have a good chance to sweep the the Buccaneers. Um, I mean, the, the Panthers, I like the Panthers defense a little bit. Obviously, you have no idea what you're going to get in year one from um, from Bryce Young. But um, Cam Newton in his first year in Carolina, obviously, you know, a long time ago, but he, he had a really good the, the team sucked, but he he put up like 4000 yards and a ton of rushing also. And so, um, yeah, but I always enjoyed watching him walk out of the Georgia Dome with the towel over his head. Though. That was yeah. the best. <laughs> so so why do you so what, why are you convinced if, if if there's only one other team that you think is a real team? Why 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 are you convinced that it's not going to take, you know, m- many wins to win this division? Well, I, you know, I think well, this year, the this year, the division itself was weak and the, the AFC side, the team, the division they're matched up with is the AFC South. And that's, you know, the second, you know, if you look at division rankings, they're like the seventh, yeah. the seventh rated division. So, you know, I mean, I guess there could be some cheap wins here or there, maybe 10 and seven to win the division. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're definitely right. The reason the Saints total is nine and a half and the Falcons total is eight and a half is because yeah, I, I said to him that their schedules the, are just. they have eight and a half. They're basically the only team in the bottom half of the league uh, with, you know, or the bottom 12 or 13 uh, of our rings that are eight and a half. I saw one website that had power rankings, had the Falcons 30th out of 32 and and still recommended betting the over. <laughs> So, which doesn't really make sense because I mean, unless you literally have the the Panthers, yeah, the Bucks like at thirty one pan- and thirty two, so, yeah, yeah. So there's a little internal dissonance there. 
but um, yeah, I mean, it's really reflective of, you know, th this is a schedule that this is an opportunity to, to really uh, grab a playoff spot. And then, you know, you get in and you never know what can happen. And I'm not sure what the saints have going on. You know, you know, there's that meme going around about Derek Carr has an opportunity now to increase <laughs> the number of teams he's thrown interception against or lost to to 32. Oh, who has he but, not yeah. lost to yet? There's a, there's a few, I can't uh, but they're all on the exactly same schedule this but... year. Oh, that's good. <laughs> But yeah, and then you know Michael Thomas, you know he's the uh, he's the one that kills every somebody's fantasy team every year. So you know how many games he'll play before he gets hurt. You know you mentioned Ridley before. Do, do you think he's gonna you know be good in Jacksonville? I don't see why not. I mean, he was good before he whatever emotional breakdown or whatever he had that you know where he just like left the Falcons two years ago. And then, so so tell us what happened there. Like, why, why could they not bring him back and resolve it like post suspension, et cetera? Because, yeah, I mean, they, they obviously they use a lot of draft capital to get him. He seems like a young stud potentially. Um, if, if, you know, if he can start over in Jacksonville, why couldn't he do so in Atlanta? I don't know that anything that I know of has been publicly, you know, either publicly or leaked as to why, you know, what, why he actually left the team a couple of years ago. And if they just kind of burned the bridge and they were just going to move on or if, you know, he made some kind of thing where he, you know, management or somebody refused to want to play for the Falcons anymore. I'm not sure what, you know, it's, it's NFL hasn't gotten quite to the NBA yet when you just go out and announce that you're wanting to be traded, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure what the deal is. I mean, he, he, you know, you're right. They gave up some stuff to get him and they, um, you know, I'm not sure why it didn't work out, but he looks like he'll probably do decent down in Jacksonville. Yeah, Falcons I'm pretty play, high on Falcons Ridley play them. Unfortunately, have to go to London to do it. The the Jackson Jaguars second home. Mm, Drake London in London. It's pretty good. Sounds like a t shirt. Because because you think that Ridley London and Pitts could have been like as dynamic a young do uh you know group of of receiving options as any team has if uh, if things had worked out. So that's got to be frustrating. Yeah, but I mean, you know, part of maybe moving on from him because, you know, Ritter's kind of unproven and, you know, make sure that you can do what you do well. You know, you have London, you have Pitts still, and you have other guys that can catch out of the backfield. And, you know, maybe maybe people in Georgia just got tired of all the Alabama wide receivers coming through town. <laughs> yeah, the good ones. Um... <laughs> yeah. I want to play the schedule game because I do want to see where Harry has um, this team ending up. I have a feeling we're going to go over here, Alex. From Harry, right. you're saying? For, for, I have a feeling Harry's going to go over the eight and a half, but let's see. Well, he already said he doesn't think a lot of the division. So. Well, but he didn't say they're going to win it necessarily. It could be yeah. the Saints. Uh, all right, so they have two home games to start the season, hosting Carolina. Yeah, I have them winning that game. I have them beating Carolina. Uh, yeah, and then hosting the Packers. I, I put that as a win too, just because it's like early in the season, game two. You know, the well, Packers are going to be favored. Favored sorted out. Probably. Um, and then in Detroit, have them losing to Detroit. Uh, so th the next game uh, is in London, like you said, the Jaguars Falcons. Listen, nine thirty a.m., six thirty on the West Coast. You wake up, the first thing in your eyes is Fa Falcons Jaguars. It's a uh, could be a wonderful thing or the end of a of the crappy end to a weekend. But I, I have them actually losing to the to the Jaguars in London. Okay. And that is uh they, they blow a home games. So they actually only also only have seven home games this year since the NFC has uh just has eight and not nine. Um 
Uh, yeah, the good them? thing is season yeah. ticket holders get the opportunity to uh, get a London ticket at a discounted price. Are you going? No, I'm not a season ticket holder. Oh, okay, fine. Um, people at work came over to me this week and they're like, hey, do you want to go to Chiefs Dolphins in Germany? And obviously that is an unbelievably good game for a um, international game. Yeah, For an international game. It's probably the best international game we've had so far. Well, Mexico's uh, had some good ones, but Europe, that's oh probably, yeah, that's true. Mexico, probably the best European right. game. You're right. You're right. That's true. Um, Isn't it? It's I, odd too that they um they typically give try to give the teams put their bye week after they travel to Europe or it's up to the team overseas. Yeah, it's it's up to the yeah. Team they, they've been working on because I think the NFL really does have an eye towards expanding to Europe, um, in some way, and so they've been working on trying to prove that you don't need a bye week every time you travel mm-hmm. because otherwise, you know, because if you do, that would make it impossible to put a team. So there. maybe they at least just guarantee you a home game because then yeah, the Falcons bye week isn't until late. Yeah, well, the Jaguars play there every year, obviously. Jaguars may just move there while they yeah. rebuild their stadium. Oh, I think Khan would like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you but you have them losing that game. So that is two and two. They host the Texans the next week. Yep, I have them winning that. And then hosting Washington. Really, I've been winning that at Tampa. I have them winning that five and two. Oh, wow. The red hot Atlanta Falcons. At yeah, the Tennessee. weird thing is when I looked at when yeah. I looked at the schedule that I kind of did as notes, I was like, well, they never dropped below five hundred. But yeah, I have them losing to Tennessee. All right, uh, the, fun, the, the, Arthur, fun end, the, the fun ends. Arthur yeah, Smith's return. The home. Arthur Smith's uh, emotional return. All right, five and three, and then the Alex Harry Bowl against the Vikings. Yeah, I've been losing that. By the way, it's nuts. This team only has one game at at four p.m. the entire season, and nothing mm-hmm. at night. It's all a one o'clock slate, other than the London game. It's crazy. Yeah, nine thirty. They, they used to promise every team at least one primetime game, but yeah, yeah, they stopped doing that. I think Amazon doesn't, you know, is not interested. Well, in the London game is is you know everybody will be able to see it. It's the only that is a, yeah technically probably their uh, yeah. game. Although that is the e, that is an ESPN Plus game. I'm seeing. All right. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's weird. So it's not available other than local markets. That's a little. I'm surprising. not sure. I'd have to. Yeah. I, I don't remember. Um. Okay. So you have them losing to Minnesota. Yes. Uh, and then at Arizona before the bye. I have them winning that. Oh, that's so six and four. four. Game. Yeah. Uh, hosting the Saints. I have them winning that. All right. At the Jets. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be hurt by then? God forbid. You're going to make a give a cry here. If he's still healthy, I, then they give up their first round pick that week because that basically. Zach Wilson's, Zach Wilson's learned a lot from Aaron Rodgers. So. Listen, I think the Jets aren't much worse than the Falcons with Zach Wilson. I don't know. Yeah, I I have been losing the Jets, though. Um, okay, seven, uh, seven and five hosting Tampa. You already beat them on the road. Yeah, I have them beating Tampa Bay and At Carolina. Carolina. Yep, I haven't beaten Carolina. Okay, uh, the nine and five Atlanta Falcons against the Colts. Have them winning that. Ten and five, Alex. This wow. team could. And then, well, stay and is tuned. that are they are they losing? <laughs> yeah, do you, they don't have any loss in the division yet, right? You have them sweeping Carolina, have them sweeping Tampa. Yeah. All right, so let's see at Chicago. I have them losing at Chicago. Okay, so ten and six, and then I think they probably they might with and losing at New Orleans, but ten and seven yeah. probably still wins them the division, right? They'd have a lot of tiebreakers also in this or scenario. or tied with New Orleans maybe. But but they probably seven. I think they would be five and one according to the I like we're doing the Alex uh, Memorial uh tiebreakers of a fake scenario, but they would probably <laughs> win the tiebreaker. I think yeah, I mean New Orleans, you know, in the same fake scenario, New Orleans probably five and one in the division too. Okay, fine. I mean you move at on that point, there. so then Carolina and and 
Tampa are like three and fourteen each. I don't What's, know. If, if if the next tiebreaker is either rushing yards or time of possession, maybe the Falcons will be good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, how rich is your head coach's family? I think is the next one. That was a that was the joke though. It's like I think Arthur Smith might be the only coach who's like net worth of his family matches the owner of the team. Oh, of really? his family, well, but he's got nine siblings. You know what I mean? That's wait, wait what's Arthur, Arthur, where, where's Arthur Smith's, Smith's money from? Dad is Fed, his dad's Smith, FedEx, the founder of FedEx. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. We've discussed Do FedEx this and Home Depot have like a good relationship. I guess so. I don't know. Well, yeah, Arthur, Arthur Blank's been out of Home Depot business for a while. Besides oh, all yeah, this stuff, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But, I guess they, yeah. If you do your online Home Depot shopping, maybe FedEx will bring some of that to you. Would you rather have your dad be a hundred, have a hundred million dollars, and you're the only child, or a billion, but there's ten? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a wash. Depends what day of the week. Depends Uh, on the oldest or the youngest. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I have, I have one more question for you. Okay. So I was looking. What really struck me is, first of all, they signed all these guys who were ostensibly DTs, right? You guys play a three-four, but Calais Campbell. 